Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. Good morning. Today we'll be talking about prematurity and the right to live for those beautiful, innocent children. And um, we have with me today a very experienced pediatrician who will be sharing her experiences with us. Thank you, Dr. Dosekun, for coming on the program. You are a diamond, (laughs) one of our few diamonds in healthcare in Nigeria. And the amount of work you've done, particularly in this area, is tremendous. And we're talking today about, you know, the recent um, World Prematurity Day just passed on 17th. And we're talking about the right to live. So can you tell us, what does prematurity mean? And when we're talking about the right to live, what exactly does that mean? Well, a premature baby is a baby that is born early. That is a baby that is born before 37 completed weeks. And we must always realize that when we talk about preterm babies, there are different categories. There are the very tiny ones, less than one kilo. Then there are the babies between one kilo and 1.5. And then there are babies between 1.5 and 2.5 kilos. Those are the late preterms. The category that is very worrying are the extreme low birth weight and the very low birth weight. The extreme ones are the ones less than 1,000 grams. And these babies, years ago in Nigeria, 30 years ago, was such a high mortality rate. Most of them died. And so people just assume that once you have a preterm baby, okay, allow the baby to die, you know, and you'll get pregnant again. But thankfully, across the years, things are now getting better. Technology is coming in expertise is coming in and we're now realizing that most of those babies we threw away should actually have been given a right to leave and i'm very pleased to say that lagos state in particular has made incredible strides both in the private world and public sector both private and public not only private hospitals also in the government hospitals premature babies are given the right to leave. And we're now seeing, you know, before mortality rates in Nigeria is like 85 out of 100 will die. Now we maybe have like 25 out of the 100 that would die, but they would save 75. So 75% is quite good for a low resource country. And I will attribute that to the very positive approach that is now given to preterm babies. Doctors are now getting special training and nurses and they fight for these babies to leave. Because if you don't fight for them to leave, even if they don't, they either die or they become disabled after discharge. So there's a lot of work, a lot of dedication to duty, a lot of attention to detail to 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 details 
to be able to get these tiny ones that have not been well prepared for the world. We are now getting them into the world and trying to make sure they stay alive and they stay healthy even when discharged. So this is a Herculean task, but it is happening in major state. That is wonderful. Can you tell us, can you share with us, because I know that you've, you've, you've had an arrangement with the Lagos State Ministry of Health over the past few years, and you've, you've treated a phenomenal amount of, of babies, premature babies. Can you share with us how that public-private partnership, how it worked out, how it started, how it worked out? Because I know you've gone on to a private-private one now. So, but can you share with us your experiences? Yes. I think if I am 66 now, I think I would say that three-year period was the most exciting period in my whole entire life. Because it was the first time, at least working as a private um, sector doctor, that I delivered care without thinking about money. You can't believe how delightful that is. You know, mm. all I was thinking about is this baby must not die. And we had clients from um, four hospitals, Ajegule, Ajeromi, Isolo, and Apapa, that, that these centers didn't have the bed capacity to look after the sick new, new units. It wasn't, it wasn't only premature babies. It was sick babies and premature babies. And um, they just used to stream it. We saw 1,000 babies over a period of almost three years. And um, we gained a lot of experience. We saved so many babies who came to us at the point of death. And the learning experience, the, the developmental trajectory for my workers was just enormous. We get a young nurse coming within a month. She's acting like a natal expert. So... <laughs> It was a very beautiful period for us. We gave our best and our results were commendable. And from that point in time, they could, Lagos State could only afford the partnership initiative for three years. Then funds were now a problem. But I would say from that point in time, the Lagos State public sectors, we went together, we went through a lot of training and transforming. And after we, you know, we were pulled out of this initiative. They took the mantle. And they all, I think we now have 18 hospitals in Lagos State who have fairly well-developed neonatal centers and they're doing incredible work. So I think we acted as the trailblazers for modern neonatal care. And now that button has been given to public sector and they're going for it. And I'm so proud of them. You know, I'm, I'm sure the commissioner, the present commissioner has heard about this initiative. And um, I just wish it could happen in more, you know, more specialties. Yeah. And yes, it must start across, across the country as well. That would be wonderful. So what we wanted to, what else I wanted to ask about was, I know you've just set up a new um, hospital or, um, in, in um, Lekki area. Sapa. Yes. What what is it about? Why why did you move from there to Festac? What is it offering that Festac didn't? Or is there anything special about it? Yes, we just thought, you know, like our name, our name is it's Outreach Hospital. When I came back from England, the vision I had was to bring acute care to babies and children all over Nigeria, either direct by we being the service provider providers 
or through training. Because sometimes you don't really have to be in the forefront. You can train brilliant Nigerian healthcare workers to deliver it exactly as we were doing. So that was our concept. So we sort of like moved within the FESTAC satellite or quarter zone. And we now said, oh, let's cross the bridge. Of course, again, we wanted to go to a densely populated area. This is one of our criteria. So we chose Osaka and um, we set up a 40-bed women's and children's hospital there and with an advanced natal center. And we've started again looking after the very tiny babies and having relatively good results. That's wonderful. So, just I know uh, we don't have much time left in this half, but can you talk to because people are listening and they're thinking to you know, what causes prematurity? Why do some babies come out premature, and what steps can they do if uh, you know to prevent prematurity from happening? And if it does happen, what should they do, all as quickly as possible? Yes, I think sometimes when we say what causes prematurity. We actually don't know. Many, at least fifty percent of the time, we really don't know why this baby decided to drop it. And the feeling is that a lot of these babies is just a fall of nature. Nature has just said, "No, this fetus is not right. So this fetus has to come out." It could also be maternal cause. It could be that the, the mother's uterus, the little bit at the end of a uterus, is not as tight as it should be. So they call that cervical incompetence. So once the weight of the uterus, once it gets a particular weight, it just opens up and the baby falls out. And um, that is quite a common one. Infection too, whether it's malaria infection or bacterial or viral infection, the mother could be infected and it now goes you know, into the baby and labor is triggered off. Sometimes it's genetic, like I said, baby has some basic problem, formation, the baby is propelled out by nature. And sometimes it's even the medical team, the ONG team, that will decide that has to come early because it's dangerous to the mother if baby stays in. And that is in cases they call preeclampsia, which is a very yeah. common um, problem in Nigeria. Is there any way to prevent prematurity if it's happening, for a premature baby from coming out? Well, I think good antenatal care has been found to reduce the, um, the incidence of premature. If the mother is well-nourished, if the mother is taking the right um, nutrients, the right micronutrients, she's not overexerting herself, you know, she's, um, in terms of sexual health, she's um, making sure she's very, you know, careful and the daddies do have to make sure that they, you know, don't infect the mother with um, some sexual health problems, you know, I think that would help a lot. And if, if, if the mother during the antenatal period has any concerns or any, you know, symptoms she has noticed that's a bit different, like some discharge or having some fever or excessive tiredness, she must go to a midwife or her doctor and complain, please just check me up would want this baby to come out too early and we, you know nigeria is very stressful now so mothers have to really have the consciousness now you know not to overwork themselves when they're expecting a baby thank you thank you very much you're listening to doctors on air with dr pamela i think 
thank you, Mrs. Onitiri, for coming on this program to share your experience with us. Thank you very much. Now, mm -hmm. can you share with us your journey and you. your testimony, as it were? Um, I would like to say um, having a premature baby is more or less watching the miracle of God blossom. Um, I had a bit of, um, what will I call it? I wasn't able to conceive for a while. And then eventually getting pregnant, all the excitement. And I was told to exercise a lot and do all the necessary things. I had the apps to monitor and the baby's growth and progress and all of that, as well as my supplements recommended by the hospital I was using then. And basically, I just did everything possible. But at some point, I think I overexerted myself and with the usual activities expecting everything to go on fine and a couple of days after yeah baby came out <laughs> at what age was that um the day he came out he was exactly from calculations seven weeks exactly the doctors were a bit afraid that um his lungs weren't developed you mean so seven months moment, not seven weeks Sorry, seven months, I mean, seven yes. months. Uh, at 32, 32 weeks thereabouts. Okay. So from calculation, they said it was roughly seven months, you know, because we always do the minus plus thing yeah. for pregnancy. So at some point in time, the doctors were like, they're not sure if his lungs were fully developed. And also because of the way I had him, I had him in the car on my way to the hospital. So when my water broke, it, I was shocked, you know. Then my husband being a medical doctor, um, I called him and, you know, my water broke. He said that couldn't be possible, you know, because even he as a doctor wasn't expecting baby until nine months, you know. <laughs> but baby decided to show up at 32 weeks. And where, where did you get rushed to? Because we, sorry, we don't have much time, so we need to get. I was, I was rushed to yeah. Bagada General Hospital, and okay. at the gate, his head had already popped out in the car. So um, they had to attend to me at the accident and emergency. And yes, I had the delivery straight. He was rushed into the neonatal unit there, and attended to very promptly. And I realized. Time is a factor when the babies are born that way. They have a certain special kind of care that they need to get immediately. They're born as premature. So where did they take you to? Were you was your baby treated I was, then? I was separated from my baby at birth because they had to take him to the neonatal ward. And I was taken okay. into the ward because they needed to really attend to him. Oxygen and likes, blood samples and all of that. So they did all of those. And then when I eventually got the chance to meet him, he was so tiny. A friend of mine used to call him Shibiobe. That's cooking spoon. He was really so tiny. 1.1 kg. And I was wow. like, oh. <laughs> so tiny. Okay. And then they looked after him for how many months in the hospital before he was able to... He was in the neonatal unit for 10 days. Because they called him... In the, in the ward there, they were rather friendly. They called him Victor because they saw him as fighting for his life. And, you know, 
operating and as tiny as he was then to get blood samples i was wondering the needle uh, compared to his size even the box of gloves he was bigger than him then and i was like oh no what's going to happen and at some point uh, my mother in law looked at him and said children like this we pack them with cotton wool that had been laced with palm oil just so that they don't fall because they're so tiny you know <laughs> And then you know there's the stigma of having premature babies. Some people called him little lizard because he was really really tiny. And then I just had to care for him. The most important thing was warmth, providing body contact, giving him warmth. I was a bit worried I couldn't breastfeed because I was looking forward to breastfeed and um I had to express milk and then they had to give him bouts of milk through his nose at first. That's the Uh, connection tube yes and then subsequently he graduated his first feeding bottle was a syringe you know they had to measure the meals to feed him orally and all of that what time did he go home at what age was it one month was it two months he went from 10 days after that's fantastic and you were able to take care for him how old is he now he's seven seven years old that's phenomenal <laughs> and how is he in terms of school and everything how is he coping Oh my, he asked me questions I don't know. He's very good with quantitative verbal reasoning. He doesn't get less than a 14 over 15. So it's Both it's wonderful. And and yes. and that is absolutely great. I just like to go back to Dr. Dosekun. Dr. Dosekun, when the baby is over that initial resuscitation, the kind of advice that you normally give mothers when you're they're taking them home. Yes. and we try to ensure that they don't go home on oxygen and they must have established feeding through the mouth either directly through the breast or using a cup or spoon or a syringe or a dropper the advice we give them is that we know that they've left a hospital unit but now the units they have at home must be like the units there must be extreme cleanliness and sheets must be changed daily we give the advice and monitoring the number of feeds the baby has had during the day we are making sure we document the cleaning time we make sure this babies are stimulated i normally recommend to the parents 10 songs a day because these brains are still very young and we need to stimulate the brains and allow the brain to track and grow we suggest gentle massaging during the wash time when we give your baby the gentle bath we don't like all the elaborate baths a lot of times it's just a very you know prompt you prepare everything for your bath and you could even almost clean your baby on your knees with some drip around your your knees so that there's not any exposure to cold so the baby must be kept in a warm and clean and stimulating environment When the baby goes home, they still have to be trips to the hospital because you have to jointly monitor the growth to make sure baby is not falling in its growth trajectory. We also make sure that the babies have some supplements because it's in the latter months, the last four weeks mainly, that the baby loads up a lot of iron, steals it from the mother, lots of calcium, steals it from the mother for its own use. That's what the fetus does for its use when it's a baby. So we need to give the baby supplements. So we need to give iron, folic acid and multivitamins and also calcium, stroke vitamin D drops. And this might have to continue for at least 3 months. There's a specialized type of milk 
we promote breastfeeding, continue breastfeeding, and almost exclusive. But in this day and age, there's some addition of some specials. These are specialized formula, trends, elements that the baby needs to have sort of like an extra bit of. So we give the baby this special premature milk. Baby has to have its immunization. In Nigeria, a lot of times we delay the time of immunization, but it is advised before the baby leaves the ward to have started the Nigerian immunization program. There are some tests that have to be done on these are special babies to make sure that their sensory system has not developed against, that's what I call it. So some of these babies oxygen exposed to early and they call that retinopathy of prematurity. So we have to make sure that they are seen by an ophthalmologist to check that they have not started having what they call ROP because if you pick up ROP early, you can reverse it with treatment. If you pick it up late, the child may end up being blind. So it is extremely important. So any mother that's listening to this program that has a preterm baby less than oh, 13 weeks that had oxygen needs to go for ROP test. Very important. We also need to test hearing. Yes, we also need to test hearing. There's a simple machine for a screening tests called using the autoacoustic emission machine. And that will tell you whether the baby has a hearing problem. The reason why we screen for these tests, these two tests, is because if it's a problem, we can reverse it. So if a child is deaf and you pick it up when the child is still you know, very young, we can give hearing aids or later on they can give cochlear implants. So it is reversible. So anything you screen, the reason why you screen is because it is reversible. So any mom that hasn't had ROP and OAE test needs to go back to the hospital to ask for where this can be done so that we don't that's live with regrets. That's fantastic. Now, we're actually out of time, but I just want to confirm from Mrs. Onitiri that this wonderful advice that um, Dr. Dosekun gave us is actually what she was able to follow, most of it or all of it? Yes, most of it. In addition, we had to also monitor baby's weight. That was extremely important because weight gain was the primary purpose after leaving the hospital. Aside sanitizing all utensils so that the baby doesn't get any infection and you're back in the hospital. Well, I want to say thank you so much to both of you. Thank you, Ms. Zonitiri, and thank God for your wonderful son. I really thank God for that. I want to say thank you, Dr. Dosekun, for the wonderful work that you have done and you continue to do in Lagos our children and i just want to say god bless you for all the lives that you have saved thank you very much thank you thank you doctors on air with dr pamela